Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This morning we're going to look at a new a series of services uh, talking about a subject that I think that all of us have at one time or another in our life. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is where we're looking. One of the things that I think uh, plagues all of us is an issue with fear. I think uh, fear is what keeps us from doing a lot of things in our life and fear is what causes us to to be controlled by something other than God. And and so I think that that we need to talk about fear for a little bit. Fear, uh, you know, uh, I was doing a little research and and there was... um, uh, a website that I came across called Phobia List, and on that list on the internet, they ha- uh, that website uh, they have listed all of the phobias that we uh, are aware of in people's lives, and I'm sure there may be some others that that may not be on that list. But as of this morning, that list had. Uh, uh, that list of phobias had over 530 phobias. Now, that's not counting that some of these have multiple names. Uh, sometimes there's a name that's given to it and then it it uh, falls out of favor or, or a different name that means the same thing is uh, more popular than the other. But... Uh, yeah, there's 530 separate fears, phobias. Phobias related to how much we fear, fearing something. And I just started perusing through some of the things that people are afraid of. And let me tell you something. People are afraid of everything. They're afraid of the air. There's some people that are actually afraid of the air. Um, not that they don't have enough, but afraid of the air. And, and I always I thought, well, maybe this is might be a fear of something being in the air, like uh, uh, some kind of pollution, smog, or something. No, that's a separate phobia. There's a there is a fear that's related to just air, just the fact that air, air out there. And uh, there are all kinds of fears, fears of of noises, fears of all kinds of things. And it's amazing the kind of fears that if you look through it and start to to uh, study on it, it's just amazing the number and the, uh, the scope of the things that peer, people are fearful of. People are fear, uh, afraid of grass, fearful of outdoors, fearful of insects. There's one that is... There is a phobia of ants. Of ants. Now, I can understand fire ants, but just regular ants? Oh, I just 
just don't understand it. But uh, that's that's all related to fear and phobias. And fear is something that that can control your life. Fear is something that can cause you to uh, to alter the way in which you live in order to avoid those fears. Uh, there's people, uh, you know, we're all familiar with some of the fears that are related to childhood, being afraid of the dark, and who who hasn't been uh, at home, uh, uh, in bed, and you hear a noise in the middle of the night, and you are fearful of what might be happening in uh, while you can't see or observe what you're uh, uh, hearing or uh, what's going on. And so that that's uh, something that a lot of us have dealt with in the past. And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, there are certain people that, that uh, will have uh, insist that they go to sleep with some type of light on so that they can always look and see, make sure there's not a monster under the bed or, or somebody hiding in the closet. And sometimes those fears are founded on things that happen to us. But fear is something that can control our lives. And Paul here is talking about a fear that is uh, separate from that, but it, all, it relates to all kinds of fear. Paul had a fear of uh, something in his own life. Now, uh, you and I know that Paul is someone who is influential in the uh, New Testament. He's someone who was... Uh, very successful at going out and sharing the gospel. He would go into communities and he would share with people and people would get saved. And and then he would organize a church and organize a group of people to come together to, to worship together. And that, that uh, church would sometimes grow and flourish and sometimes uh, they would run into problems, which is why we have some of the books of the Bible that we have. And so uh, it's fortunate that Paul had... Uh, groups of people that had issues with things because that's how we know how God would have us to address those things through the inspiration of of Paul by the Holy Spirit to write uh, those words to share with us uh, God's uh, uh, view on those things and how we should live and how we should conduct ourselves. And that's why we have most of the New Testament uh, as written by Paul. But Paul is as successful as he was, and Paul is someone who was as well versed in God's desire for his life. He had a fear as well, and sometimes uh, those fears uh, like Paul's can be de- debilitating. Look with me, if you will, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest unto our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having a name, uh, the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, 
I believe, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish yet. The inward man is renewed day by day. For our light uh, affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are, are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Paul is writing to uh, this church at Corinth, and he's uh, this is the second letter that he's written to this church, and he's dealing with some issues. And Paul here is uh, right off the bat deals with an issue that that we need to understand. He says, first of all, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What's the treasure that Paul's talking about? Paul is, is referencing the work that he is doing. He's, he's saying to this group of believers, he says, this work that we do as a body of Christ, this work that we do as a, a body of believers, that we, as we've been called together, the work that Paul did as a, a missionary and as a, a church starter, uh, as a church elder with, for all of these churches. This work, he says, it's in earthen vessels. He says the things that we do, we have to understand uh, God has entrusted to be done within us. And he equates that to an earthen vessel. What he's saying here is, is basically a, a pottery type of vessel, or earthen vessel. And uh, I know, Miss Becky, you work with pottery and clay and all that kind of thing. Pottery and clay is not the, the most durable material. It is effective in the work that it does, but a lot of times that vessel, uh, uh, for instance, uh, we want something to last for a long time. We put it in today's terms, we'd say, well, let's put it into a steel drum or let's put it into an iron uh, uh, container. Now that would be something that would last for a long time. Steel would take uh, quite a bit of time in order for it to deteriorate and fall apart. Uh, a, a steel or iron vessel would take even longer, especially if you've got it where it's in a, an environment that won't uh, it won't rust or anything like that. Uh, if it's buried in the ground or something like that, it's out of the elements or it's contained in something that would keep it from being exposed to the elements. Uh, that's why a lot of uh, our urns today are placed into a metal container. Uh, the remains of people are, are put in these uh, metal uh, uh, vases uh, that are used to inter someone in that. 
And while all of those people most times can, uh, are put into a, a mausoleum where they're uh, sealed away and, and it's out of the elements, you could put it in an earthen vessel. Uh, we understand that, uh, and Paul here is talking about how this treasure, the treasure of serving God, the treasure of working for God, is something that is placed in a delicate vessel, us. God has deemed us worthy to serve Him. And while we are fragile and we uh, are, are not the most durable of, of vessel that God could have selected, God chose us to do His good work. And that's, something, uh, that's important for us to understand. Because Paul could have said, look, I, I'm not worthy of serving God. I can't possibly do all this. Can you imagine being Paul and feeling the weight of all of that responsibility on him? Of all, if, you know, here's Paul and he, he's going out and sharing the gospel messages God has directed him to do. And he's doing all of that. But here he's responsible for all these different churches and all these different people that, are, that, that God has called to those churches and all the people that they might effect and witness to and all those people that that they uh, and Paul says look I, I can't possibly be responsible for all that he says I'm an earthen vessel but what does Paul say about that he says uh, but it is to the excellency of the power that may be of God not of us he says look it that just goes to prove that he says that it is God who's doing the work not me I'm fragile. I'm, uh, and Paul would say, uh, basically he's saying, I can fail. I can mess up. We all can mess up. But God allows us to be a part of that work, not to highlight our frailty, but to highlight His glory. To give him uh, to his power, his might, and the ability that God has to work in and through us, in spite of the fact of our frailty. Now, many people today have a hard time going out and witnessing. We talked about this a little bit before, and this is something that you need to be aware of. If you've never shared your faith, if you've never shared the plan of salvation with somebody else, if you've never uh, told somebody else about your faith in Jesus Christ and not have been faithful to carry on the message of Christ like He's called us to do, you don't have to feel as though you are singled out. Everybody that that is called of God to do this, we we tend to have that fear of Rejection, that fear of not being able to do what God call, is calling us to do, of not knowing the right things to say, of not knowing whether or not we're going to say something and say it wrong. Paul here is even admitting to the same thing. I'm fearful, he says. I'm frail. I'm fragile. He says, but God desires to use us to exalt Him and that He might be glorified. He says in verse 8, he says, look, we're troubled all, uh, uh, we are troubled on every side. Paul says, look, there are things about the ministry that I do that troubles me and causes me difficulty. Paul many times 
had to deal with issues from the, uh, from the churches that he helped to establish. He was constantly battling those who would come after him and share another gospel message or share a distorted message of the gospel and was constantly having to write these people and set them straight, writing them and telling them, look, y'all don't need to get involved in this. And Paul probably uh, was fearful of, what, of, of leaving each group and going on to the next assignment that God had for him because he was always fearful of what might happen after he left. And Paul says, look, I'm fearful of all these things. I'm beset on each side, but he says, I'm not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. How did Paul get to the point where he didn't allow his fear to control him? Paul could have gotten upset and said, look, I'm... I just can't handle all of these people doing these things all the time. And he could have just given up. He could have said there's no sense in doing it anymore. And there's a lot of people this to this day who that's another aspect of their fear. They don't do the things that God calls them to do because they see it as temporal, as futile, as Solomon was saying in Ecclesiastes that we've been studying in Sunday school. uh, Solomon said, look, everything that I do is futility. Somebody else is going to come along and get the credit or somebody else is going to come along and mess it up. He says, so why even bother? We could all say that. And and some of you may have even done that. You might have even said, well, I can go and tell somebody uh, about uh, my relationship with Jesus Christ and invite them to church and invite them to know Jesus Christ. But the problem is, is they're either going to tell me what I want to hear so that I'll I'll, I'll stop uh, bothering them or they're just going to tell me off and, and, and get upset with me. We have those same fears. Paul says we don't have to live in that fear. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Why are we not destroyed or forsaken by these things? How is it that Paul Paul is able to to, uh, stand up against that? He says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ and the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. He says it's because of Jesus. Now what I want you to see here is is that Jesus is the central theme of this passage of Scripture. It is the soul of the Scripture. Jesus is mentioned six times in five verses. So Jesus is the central theme. And, And He says the way in which we keep from being cast down, the way that we keep from being depressed, the way that we keep from being oppressed by our fear is in Jesus Christ. And, you know, that reminds me of of, uh, working with children in vacation Bible school or in Sunday school. You know, uh, Jesus is always the favorite answer to all the questions, isn't it? You can ask them what day it is, Jesus. Uh, You know, they think if you stop and wait for them to answer something, if they say Jesus, it'll be the right answer. And usually it is the right answer. It usually is. uh, uh, And Jesus Christ, uh, how can we know that we won't be overcome and fear? Jesus. Paul says Jesus. Uh, How can we know that that the work that we're doing is going to be effective? Jesus. 
Paul says Jesus. He says, look, uh, in the life and death of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross and the fact that He overcame uh, the uh, death and the grave, He says, because of Jesus and what He's done. That's how we can overcome our fear that everything that... Look, we have to forget it's not what we build, it's in what Jesus builds. And that's that's Paul's main thrust. He says, look, it's not by what you do. It's not in how you are able to do these things. It's in what Jesus is able to do in us. That's why Paul likens himself as an earthen vessel. He says, I'm not the one doing this. Do you notice that? He says, I'm a vessel of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm not the one who's saving these people. I'm not the one who's setting these churches up. I'm not the one who's uh, who's going on these mission trips and, and evangelizing these people. He says, I'm going out there and I'm simply being used of God. And I'm the vessel that God chose to use and I'm allowing Him to use my life. When we begin to look at our life as Christians in that manner, then God's able to do all kinds of things with us. Because why? It's because we're taking away from ourselves the fact that we're doing anything. It's not us. It's, it's God. It's not us that's uh, accomplishing these things. It's, I'm not the one who's calling this person to salvation. It's the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, who's calling that person. I'm not the one that has to convince this person of their sin in their life. It's the Holy Spirit and His work in that person's life. It's God, the Holy Spirit, who is, who is convicting them and drawing them to Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ who's done the work for, uh, of dying on the cross, who is able to save their sins. I'm not able to save anyone from their sins. I'm not, any, I'm not one who is able to save someone's soul from eternal damnation. It's Jesus Christ in the work that He's done on the cross. It's Jesus Christ in what He has done in uh, His victory over sin and death. It's Jesus Christ who has accomplished all these things. So Paul says, what's left for me to be worried about? Only thing for me to be worried about is is whether or not I'm being a, a vessel for for God. If I'm allowing God to use my life as a vessel, then God can be glorified. If I and here's the clincher: the only thing you have to be fearful of is whether or not you're allowing God to use you as the vessel He desires to be. He it, the the time when we need to start worrying is is. Whether it's when we get to the point where we step back and we say, wait a minute, am I trying to do the work or am I allowing God to use me as a vessel of God? Paul says, um, I might be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I might be cast down, but I'm not uh, destroyed. Why? Because I am in God's hands. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. He says, look, even if my life is given for Jesus Christ, if if I give up my life and I allow Jesus to use my life, then He'll be glorified even to the point of death. 
Now this was Paul's philosophy. Several times Paul was taken and beaten for what he was doing for Jesus Christ. He never gave up. He never stopped being used of God. He continued to serve God even to the point where he was shipwrecked and, and bitten by scorpions and, and, and uh, vipers all the way through uh, going up and receiving a death sentence by uh, uh, Caesar himself. He constantly was allowing God to use whatever situation that God placed him in to be the useful vessel. So that means if God has you working, uh, uh, digging ditches, allow God to use you as a vessel for Him. If God has you out there uh, uh, flipping burgers, allow God to use you as a vessel for Him to, to be useful in His kingdom. If God has you out there as a teacher, as an accountant, as a bookkeeper, as whatever it might be, then allow God to be u- using your life as a vessel a vessel for His work. He says, So then death works in us, but life also, uh, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise us up also uh, with Jesus and shall present us with you. So Paul is saying, look, how can I have the assurance that God is going to be able to use me even to the point of death? He says, because it's God that's using me. Because my hand is, my life is in God's hands. God has me, and God is using my life. And if I allow God to uh, to use me in the way that He desires, then He can do whatever He wants to with my life. And that He'll, He says, because even if I fall into death, even if I fall into a situation where my life is over, He says my life isn't over because. He says He raised Jesus from the dead. He'll raise me from the dead in the end time. He says, I don't have to ever worry because uh, because God is always there and He will always uh, use us and He will raise us like He raised Jesus. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. So he says, do everything you can to serve God. Paul says, I'm doing all of this for you, that you can receive the grace of God, that you can receive the, uh, the thanksgiving of God and uh, be able to give God the glory. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He says, so basically fear comes down to death. Uh, uh, Fear comes down to whether or not you trust in God. It comes down to faith. How much faith do you have in God? Do you have faith in God to care for you in the midst of your uh, difficulty and struggle? Do you have faith enough in God 
to use you in the way that, uh, that He desires. You know, we tend to try and place all kinds of parameters on our success. Right, well, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing things the way they're supposed to be? When Paul says all you have to do is allow yourself to be used of God, and, it, and you'll never understand or know the lengths and the, and the breadth and the depth of what God is able to accomplish in you until you stand before Him face to face at the end time. He says, but you can always know your success if you allow God to use you. We're not, uh, you know, Paul addresses this some in Ephesians. He says, look, we're not all one body part. We're not all uh, a mouth. We're not all an ear. We're not all an eye. We're all a part of the body of Christ. And we are all used of God in different ways. But the thing is, is that we simply need to be willing to allow God to use us. And not to be fearful of how God might be using us. But that we have faith in Him, to trust in Him. So fear comes down to faith. If you have faith, you'll not have fear, but rather that you'll trust in Jesus Christ to use you Trusting God to use you in Jesus Christ so that He might be exalted and glorified, that He might be lifted up, so that we might see God's work accomplished. So, what are you afraid of? What is it that, that you're fearful of? Some people are afraid of speaking in public. Some people are afraid of, of standing in front of people and, and answering questions or, or something like that. Or, or maybe you're fearful of going and talking to people you don't know. Simply allow God to use you. Whatever it is that God desires for you, you're the perfect vessel for what He has planned for you. It's not by mistake. He created you to do exactly what He desires. And so what you need to do is be willing to allow God to use you, to use your life, to use you in, in a way that brings glory to Him. And then you can stop fearing any of that. This morning I was looking for uh, a lid to a container. We have the habit of washing up our containers and then when they're dry, uh, we tend to just throw them in the cabinet instead of putting the lid back on the ve uh, the container and then putting it in a neat and organized way. You can tell what kind of person I am. I'm an organized person. I have a difficult time when when things are a mess and it took me a long time to just allow some things to, to go. Just allow it to be messy. If other people want to have it messy then just let it be messy. Everything doesn't have to be neat and organized the way I want it. But when you find a, a, there's nothing worse for me than to have something you've put into a, a, a container and you can't find the lid. Nothing. You can't find the lid to put the, on top of the container. The container's useless if you can't find the lid. But, you know, most of us are like that container, but we've got our lid on. We're not allowing that lid to come off. You see, the lid works both ways. You can't use the container if you can't get uh, find the lid to put on the container. 
You can't use the container if you can't get the lid off to put something in the container. It's no use. It's not useful. And so many of us in our Christian walk live and work as a container with the lid stuck on the top. We need to allow God to take our lid off and allow us to be useful for His purpose. Allow God to use our fragile earthly vessel so that God can do that perfect thing that He desires. If we do, look at what God can do in us. What God did in Paul, He can do in you and me. We just simply... It it wasn't Paul that did all those things. It was God. And if God can do all those things with Paul, He can do all those things in us. God can uh, use Paul to, to witness to... Uh, thousands of people and and impact thousands and thousands of lives, millions of lives through His writings, God can use you too. It's just a matter of how willing you are to allow God to use you. So don't fear. Don't have any fear of how what God might do or how you might do it. It's God that's going to do it in you. You just have to allow Him. Who has control, basically? Does God control you, your fearful situation, or does your fear control you? Let's pray.